0: Welcome back everyone, we're right in the middle of Biodiversity Week, held each May to encourage all of us to get out in nature, celebrate it and learn how to make space for it in our communities. And this Friday, the 20th of May, is World Bee Day, so Ecolution was caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, we decided to lift up that rock and see what crawled below. Today, it's all about insects. Biodiversity covers so much, it's hard to know where to start. Because biodiversity is life, every living thing in a particular area, from an oak tree higher than your house to microbes living in the soil beneath its roots. Animals, plants, fungi, all of them are the building blocks of our natural world. So let's stick with the idea of blocks a little bit longer. Do you ever play Jenga? When you're setting it up, you carefully lay the blocks in a strong pattern to build a tower. And then you start to play. You start sliding out blocks. Every time you slide out another block out of the tower, the tower gets more and more fragile the blocks left behind more and more precarious, until, eventually, with one last block removed, it teeters on the brink and then the whole tower comes tumbling down. Well, let's apply that to the natural world. The living things are the blocks, and they've been built over millions of years, built into ecosystems, interconnected towers of natural strength, where every species, every organism, works together to maintain balance and support life. So what might happen if we start to remove some of these blocks? Much like our tower, things could start to fall apart. Ecosystems are so complex, and insect life is as central to a strong structure as an otter or squirrel. But it's hard to make people care as much about invertebrates as they might something cute and furry. I mean, earwigs aren't exactly cute. (laughs) Well, I think it's high time we got better acquainted with the insects. So I recruited a couple of helpers to go visit some old friends.
1: Hi, I'm Sive and I'm 10. I'm Rosa and I'm 6. We're at the bee sanctuary to find loads of animals that we might want to know some facts about. Today we're going on a bug hunt. Why are we even going to get there? How are you?
2: I'm Paul Hendrick and we're back at the bee sanctuary.
1: We know the bee sanctuary is great for bees but why is it good for other insects too?
2: Basically we're providing habitat, really clean good habitat for, for bees and if, if you supply that habitat for bees you're going to get it for all the other insects and animals too, it's basically, it's, it's very clean, there's no chemicals on it there's cover for them, there's, there's loads of trees there's loads of plants, the grass grows grows long there's loads of food and it's basically as simple as that
1: Do you keep track of the insects?
2: We don't note them down, we, just, as we, we kind of walk the place every day and, and we just kind of notice what we see around, so we see dragonflies we see damselflies, we see ladybirds, spiders all over the ground. Uh, you've got your hoverflies. Um, it's just, it's just. there's a huge amount of them on it.
0: So it seems that we've come to the right place. Now all we need is a guide. How about a seven-year-old called Meadow?
1: I'm out playing on trampoline. This time we've been pretty super. We played in the pool, we went for a walk, we played football. All the things we've seen. Caterpillar and bee and butterfly and all the insects. The good thing about being the youngest is getting away with everything. Mm-hmm. I always get what I want. They've been taught to only sometimes get it. <laughs> I'm the master around here. I only have one wall and there is no wall.
0: There's no point starting a hunt for tiny beasts without first doing a roll call of what you're looking for. We set Sive Meadow and Rose at challenge. Start bouncing on the trampoline and name all the insects.
1: Bee, ladybird, fly, Flug. dragonfly, butterfly, uh, spider, caterpillar, centipede, millipede, Hoverfly. snail, and um, water boatman i had all the insects I right know. My favourite insect is a bee, because I always see them in our backyard, and they eat our lavender. I quite like spiders. When mom finds a giant spider, she's always terrified just to get it out of the house. SPIDER! I NEED TO GET THE SPIDER OUT! Yeah, I'm scared of some insects, like spiders and stuff, but I know that spiders are good for the environment because they're catching
3: flies, and so they're not overrunning. I like bees. Don't like flies. I find some insects creepy. I can't help that. My least favourite daddy, long legs. She just doesn't like the way they can fly around.
1: And because I just like smaller spiders than giant ginormous.
3: Insects are very misunderstood, like sharks. Most insects in Ireland are not going to hurt you. They are completely terrified of you.
1: I like ladybirds because they don't hurt you. And I like... They're spots, and I like them because they're tickly when they're on your hand. My favorite the lady bird, because in the community garden, I found loads, and they crawled on my hands, and, and I named them all Bob. <laughs> lady birds have actually squirt out something if they want to get away. It's, I don't know, I think it might be their poop or
0: their blood. Yuck. No matter how much we know about insects, there's probably the same again and more besides that we just don't know, even when you've got some premier bug detectives on the case.
1: So um, I feel about insects. They're very interesting
3: because some has eight legs, some has eight eyes, some has wings, some don't have wings, some can dig, some can't. They're, some are slimy, some are not. Some carry diseases, some don't.
0: <laughs> the variety of insect life can be staggering. So let's go do what we usually do. And get an expert in.
4: My name is Kali Ennis. I'm from the Critter Shed podcast, and I love insects and arachnids. So we're in the infamous Critter Shed where I keep my tarantulas and snakes, spiders, frogs—you name it. Yeah. Oh, you're hearing crickets. So crickets are a stable uh, food source for all these animals, um, and and they like to sing. They like to sing at night, but it's quite soothing when you're in here working away and. You just hear that little chirping in the background. I have a couple of hundred tarantulas anyway. Snakes, I've got about 15. I have a lot of toads at the moment, 20-odd. Yeah, a a good collection of stuff. The two creatures I've been most fascinated about since I was a kid were amphibians and uh, arachnids. Do you know the house spiders you find behind your fridge and your kitchen sink? I kept them as pets for many, many years before I got a tarantula.
0: Colin knows what he's talking about. How can I tell the difference between an insect and an arachnid? The
4: keys that you look for to, to see uh, what's an insect, what's an arachnid, it's usually quite easy to spot. Insects have three body segments and six legs, three on each side, where arachnids will have two or one body segments and they will have eight legs. It's really easy to, to kind of judge it that way. Now, there are some animals like vinegaroons who look like lobsters from hell. People think they're insects, but they're not.
0: Okay. I think we're ready to go on a bug hunt. Meadow, any last-minute tips? Just to stand
1: really still and wait and watch them and try not to make too much noise or no sudden movement. <laughs> if you're
0: scared of insects, get over it. Thankfully, I'm not really scared of insects, except maybe earwigs. Let's head on down the trail with Meadow, Paul, and her mum, Claire Louise.
1: Centipedes and lazy I want them going to <laughs> try and find I found some insects for you. Oh yeah, there's some worms. Oh, I love worms. I found one On my some. hand and it felt so weird. Cause it it so slippery and like weird. <laughs> A slug. It's bulging with stripes and it's moving really slowly. Oh, Isaac,
4: come here. Quietly.
5: And then small coppers. Loads of them around this year. These are small copper butterflies. One, two, three, and an old bumblebee as well on the ragwort. Again, we've got leeches here as well, actually. There's a dragonfly. Look, right behind you. Oh, and it was a common darter, I think. If you stand still, they patrol, so they fly up and down around their territory. So if you're standing in the middle of it, they just keep going by your head. They're just brilliant. There's lots of um, brown hawkers have been around the last week, and they're quite big. Hopefully we'll see some. If it's up a little bit, we might see some, actually. Oh, look, there's a dragon now, look at it. See on the bit of grass that's bent?
2: Female Oh, wow. Dragonflies, uh, around 300 million years have been on the planet. They were one of the first, the first flying insects to develop. Consider how long we've been around Or Even bees are 130 million years. Dinosaurs are still still on the planet. That, that kind of puts it in perspective, you know. That's what's also very kind of scary about the effect we're having on them in such a short period of time. They've been here so long and then we're we're putting them under pressure in such a short period of time, kind of puts our role in the whole ecosystem into perspective that's why it's our responsibility to look after them and make sure they, they survive us I suppose since they've been here so long.
5: And I'm just a thing that's in the way that suddenly appears in their territory and they just kind of fly up and down to see who and what I or what I am or whatever and then they just fly off again you know those so the hoverflies come and they again the same they'll be up and down their territory and they'll come by you and they'll just kind of hover in front of your face for a second and they just fly off you don't bother them they don't bother us really you know like people see wasps and they swipe them away and they freak out and I watch the wasps in, in the spring when they're making their nests. You watch them peeling back the little bits of wood on the, on the bench or on a piece of timber on a tree or whatever. Don't bother them, they don't bother me. And I think if you stand back and leave nature alone, I think it's only when we get too close and we start affecting it, really, that, that, that then maybe they would affect us as well. A few bees now, guys, look. A bumblebee. Gone now, tailed bumblebee. Probably a queen. look like a, sne- a new queen, actually. Nice and fresh. The older ones get quite faded. And kind of battered looking, so then the new queens come out, they're lovely. The yellow is really yellow and the white is lovely and white, whereas the old ones get very faded and grey, you know. That's an older one now. See the way they're just the difference. See her putting her leg up? They warn you. When you get too close, they put their leg up to say, go away. You watch, look. She's telling me to leave her alone. For all that, we're
0: sometimes creeped out by them. The brain trust knows just how important insect life is to the planet.
3: Insects are... Extremely important for how the world works, especially bees. If anyone has seen the bee movie, you know how important bees are. Because they pollinate and germinate the flowers and uh, they make honey for us, which we can't have without a bees. I'm pretty sure butterflies do some pollinating too. And if they pollinate, then uh, everything will be healthy, like trees and flowers. And if they don't pollinate, then uh, uh-oh. I think most animals have a purpose in life. If you don't like like bees or wasps, a spider will catch them and eat them. I think insects are really important. Every insect has a use except for wasps. Um, <laughs> 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 They'll only sing you for a reason. Only if you annoy them. Wasps often clean up the remains of dead animals. Some people don't like mosquitoes. I don't know if they live in Ireland or not. On my farm there's a few mosquitoes I think anyway. I'm not sure about the ants. Maybe we just Walk around holding their colony together with leaves 10 times heavier than themselves. In some countries, farmers tie string to trees, and the ants crawl along the trees to help the trees to fight off insects that will kill the trees, and the trees will normally produce fruit.
4: Without insects, our whole ecosystem collapses. They are second only to the plants. Uh, the plants are the basis of our food system in the in this planet and then you have the insects who eat them and then they feed everything else, which we feed off as well. So it's amazing what they do and they're an incredibly important group of animals. They're doing everything. They're pollinating our, our crop. If you look over here, I've got my, my compost waste um, and... In the middle of it right now, there's probably about a billion wasps because their colonies are collapsing. So they're having a party. They're feasting on all the rotten fruit. But below that, you have woodlice, millipedes, maggots, earthworms. And what they're doing is they're absorbing all the nutrients out of that, drawing it back down into the ground, which provide nutrients for the tree that's right beside it, which provides nutrients for the grass, which feeds the sheep, which feeds the birds, which feed us. You know, without insects... We would not survive. We probably would using technology. We wouldn't survive naturally.
0: When was the last time you lifted up some rocks and had a peep underneath? It's quite possible that you would find less now than you would have even 20 years ago because the world's insect population is in a crisis. Biodiversity Ireland wrote recently about international research that found 41% of the insect species studied were in decline. About 1 million insect types have been catalogued over the years, but it's estimated that there are almost 5 million more yet to be discovered, if only we had the time to do so before they disappear. The world that we've built sometimes isn't the best home for insects, even if they were once described as the little things that run the world. We've almost built natural barriers to their survival.
4: I mean everything from light pollution in our cities, the population of invertebrates in cities is just woeful, even in big parks like the Phoenix Park. you should be having a lot more, but now we have so many bright lights around that that draws away all the breeding moths and and other insects away. our obsession with tidiness of tidying up everything over tidying like yeah, like this morning I was eight o'clock till ten o'clock there was a streamer going off on a road that's just been streamed a couple of months ago so I don't understand that I understand that you need to keep the roads clear and that's that's all well and good but like, just obsessively doing it and sometimes just doing it for the sake of it seems counterproductive nowadays I don't know if a part of people even know because I know people who are very environmentally conscious will do their recycling, would care for the environment would give money to save the pandas and, and all that but they would still go out and keep a plastic lawn in their back garden
0: Our actions for biodiversity our struggles to combat climate change. It's all a bit overwhelming. Last week, there was a stark warning that our planet could reach warming of 1.5 degrees in the next five years. That's without us making a significant change to how we live on Earth. This temperature rise will affect everything, from humans having to migrate because where they live is just too hot, right down to the chain of the insects.
4: The big data that's coming out from long-term studies like the British Dragonfly Society have some of the best data I've seen in a long time. So they've been recording certain species in certain areas since the 70s. You can literally see, if you were to animate the species from Africa, France, Spain, moving up into England, then moving north. And then the species that enjoy the cold climates of the UK and Ireland getting pushed, pushed, pushed further up into Scotland, into the the very edge of Donegal. And it's the same pattern with butterflies and moths. And that's showing that with the rising temperatures, there clearly is an effect being had on our insect populations. And the animals that enjoy our typical cooler climate here Are going to be pushed off and it's not just the harmless ones like the dragonflies that are going to arrive we're going to have new spider species arrive on our shore that'll be all new to us it's going to be very interesting to see how it pans out but we don't know about the effects down the line all the more reason for us to try and put a lid on any further and more severe climate change
0: because habitat loss as well as climate change is affecting our insects populations there's widespread use of insecticides and pesticides to help us grow the crops we want to grow in the short term and these can eradicate populations of insects doing incredibly important work within their ecosystems. Again, picture that Jenga block tower with vital supporting blocks removed.
2: they the basis you know, of, of the food chain to be one of down, You've got your insects there, you've got your small mammals, you've got your birds, and then you've got your larger birds. So it's just, it just feeds all the way up. Something I came across a while back was that um, no one ever thought of counting. That's why we're, we're, we're kind of we're, a lot of the time it's kind of guesswork of what we had, and it's it's it, it's anecdotal. And no one actually went out and thought to count all the insects. They studied them, they they found them, they were identifying them. But it is becoming very apparent that we're in trouble. With it.
4: We're only discovering new species before they vanish off the face of the earth. And each species, especially as I said earlier on, like, species that tend to get into trouble tend to be quite. Specialized. There was a, a species of butterfly in the UK that was disappearing, and the conservation groups tried everything to protect it. They protected the land, they stopped people catching it, all this sort of thing. They couldn't figure out why the population kept going, going down, going down. And then they realized it because that butterfly depended on an ant species collecting its young, bringing it into the nest for it to develop and then emerge again. So once they protected the ant species, the butterfly started to recover. And that kind of complex relationship happens between insects and plants, insects and animals, insects and other insects. So it's not all cut and dry if you were to be doing conservation work on endangered species.
0: Ecosystems are interdependent, particularly noticeable when they're truly biodiverse. Natural spaces with a wide variety of living things from mushrooms to tomatoes, squirrels to woodlice. The more diversity, the healthier that ecosystem. And the bee sanctuary is as close to a healthy ecosystem as you can get in Ireland today. Acres and acres of land given over to the bees. And with that comes added benefit of helping all the other creatures in that Jenga block ecosystem.
5: Look at that pathway. Think what might make that pathway through there. Any ideas? Dear kids. No, dear. We have lots and lots of wild deer around here, and at night they come in. They wander through the fields, and they always seem to go the same way. So they create paths. So lots of deer would use that, and then tonight they'll come down. They'll go, oh, that's our path, so they'll take the same path. And then the next day they'll come down and they'll go, oh, that's our path, and they always go the same way. So what we do here is we follow their paths, so they kind of create the paths for us. It's great. So we just then make their paths a bit bigger for ourselves. Looks like some fox poo, maybe. Mm-hmm. Look, oh, you guys. And it's
0: not just in the trees and on the ground. When you have a healthy population of insects that offers food for their natural predators, the birds, and Meadows been keeping track of what she sees on the bee sanctuary.
1: Red kite, fowl hawk, robin, long tailed tit, blue tit, great tit, all different types, bullfinches, swallows. Swallows, here.
2: They're out feeding when you see them like that, just, they tend to say, Quite, quite low to the ground. You can see they're, they're over the over there. we see them very much so in the evening and then down down over the lake as well.
1: They're going to clip, um, down to the ground to click the insect all the plants. They go along with their mouth open, so the insect for into their
2: mouth. But it, it's just amazing, the agility of them and um, they, they nest there in the yard. and they arrive in from Africa in early summer. And they stay here, summer here, eat all the insects, and then head back. It's amazing, really, when you think about the, the fact that they did travel so far. We have so much up here, like midgey stuff like that, I'm presuming, but like there's so much around um, that they're, 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 they're never going to be hungry here. But.
0: And sometimes you can see some of Ireland's even rarer creatures. Oh, there
5: it is. it running along. Do
0: you see it? We were lucky enough to see a common lizard, our only native reptile. See him? A mm-hmm.
5: little lizard. See it? See it? Cool, isn't it? These guys here are lizards and they've got five toes and the newts have four toes. Because we have newts down here as well. They're the same temperature of the thing around them. So what do they do? Why do they sit out here? To get warm, isn't it?
0: Every one of us can try to make the space we live in more nature friendly, to help support pollinators and other insect life, from balconies to gardens. When we visited the Native Wildlife Hospital, we were looking up to see the intervention the Garden Committee of St Anne's School had made for nature there.
5: My name is
1: Isabel and I'm 10 years old. I was here a few months ago and it was really fun because we built the mini beast hotel. We're going down to where we built the book hotel. This is a book hotel. Everybody started bringing in
3: stuff. Some people brought in these bamboo things and some cardboard and wood and hay. And then we all brought the stuff here, and then we made this lovely bug
1: hotel. Like, it kind of makes the a home for, like, the bugs, so let's say spiders and um, caterpillars and all. The little There's a load bio. of you bugs under here. Let me have a little, uh, oh, have a little place place look. I saw a couple of red spiders. There's a slugs and snails.
3: Yeah. What about underneath here? Oh. I saw a beast one
1: going. Oh, I see a little bug underneath here.
3: It's yeah, like wood lice. a little woodlice. Oh, that's
1: well spotted. Oh! <laughs>
0: Maybe some of you would like to build one of these in your school or at home. Sarah, what do you need to do?
3: You need like some wood and you need some hay or like grass and you need some big blocks of like wood that we have and you just stack them like all together really neatly and then you just like stuff them into like the little holes they have and then it's good like for the nature and all the books to like come.
0: Of course not all of us have gardens or space to do this. But if you really want to help increase biodiversity where you live, just add water. From a bucket all the way up to a pond, water is essential in allowing space for nature.
5: Actually, we found an ant's nest yesterday, which would be really good to show you, down by the lake. Dad had ant pants.
1: <laughs> in front of me is a lake. I wish we had a lake in our back garden.
2: It's vital. It's vital. In mean, wetlands, like we say to people in the gardens, obviously we want wildflowers, we want long grass, but... The the best thing you can do in your garden is put in a pond put in some, put in some water because it will just attract everything. your frogs will arrive back possibly your newts or your lizards and then you've got all the insects I mean there was, there was a we had a, um, a group of students down here yesterday and they, they were doing a kind of a, a survey of it and we're waiting to hear the results back because they found a huge amount of stuff in it we've got like from leeches um, through to skaters um, you've got uh, the nymphs from the dragonflies um, you'll, you'll see the um, swallows down here in the evening we have bats as well to feed over So it's it's, it's a vital.
0: One thing we can all do is help the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan by keeping count of how many insects we can see around us by conducting an FIT count. That stands for Flower Insect Timed Count. Really simple, you watch a patch of flowers for 10 minutes and count how many insects visit. It's a seriously useful tool for children, community groups and others to measure change in their local biodiversity. Plus, if you head to BiodiversityIreland.ie, there's now a free app that helps you count and submit your findings all in one go. Huge thanks to Claire, Louise, Paula and Meadow for welcoming Simon Rosa down to the Bee Sanctuary once again. To find out more, check out thebeastsanctuaryofireland.com Thanks as always to our brain trust who so skillfully talked about how much insects mean to them, even when they can sometimes be a bit scared. And thanks to Collie Ennis for letting us peep inside his critter shed. If you'd like to hear more from him, look up the Critter Shed podcast. This is our last episode for a couple of weeks, but we will be out fortnightly after that. When we pay attention to all the layers of our ecosystem and understand how one affects the other, when we do all that we can to encourage that biodiversity, it pays off. We were in the bee sanctuary in autumn last year, and there we found an abundance of life, a very well-stacked Jenga block
5: this a few weeks ago, a month ago, was literally you'd walk through the whole place, you'd hear the field buzzing like it's just amazing, like with hoverflies and bees and lots of other insects as well, but literally the whole place would just be heaving, like it's just alive it's just brilliant to see that and you know, and it goes to seed, and the next thing starts, the males are coming out, the, que- the new queens are coming out, the old queens are dying, it's a very quick life cycle with bees, but then the other insects have said, cinnabar moths this year was were great to see those They're orangey, yellow
1: and black stripes. They're going to turn into cinnabar
4: The thing about insects, with all the challenges that face them, which are changing of their habitats, the changing of the climate, the massive use of pesticides, there are going to be some winners and losers in the insect group. So some of the very sensitive insect creatures will die out. Other insects like cockroaches, bluebottles, harlequin ladybirds... Emperor Dragonflies seem to be doing fantastic with all the gaps that are left open in these areas. And if all the sensitive species were to be wiped out, it would be an absolute disaster in some ways, but other animals will fill those voids and start to evolve over time. But in the meantime, it might make those disappear. So it's really like if you can't convince people the usefulness of insects and why we should protect them. You know, maybe point out the fact that we might be around if we don't protect these species.
3: (laughs) I don't know a lot of insects, but I'm 100% sure that there's hundreds of thousands of species of insects out there that do so much for our planet, and we don't even know. We should give them more appreciation, and if you see one, stop trying to murder it instantly. (laughs) Some people actually, like, in the wilderness, they might eat, like, an insect. Because they're a spider. And this might sound impossible, Mm. but they probably taste worse than cauliflower.
4: Ecolution was produced by Nikki Cochton for RTE Junior Radio. With edit assistance
0: from Eve O'Neill. And presented by me, Evie Kenny. If you'd like to take part in the future, just email junior at rte.ie.